Welcome, people of the internet. Welcome to ZST, Zoom Sports Talk, the zestiest podcast out there with the hottest takes. Um, and we're your hosts, Carter, Frankie, and Jake. This is uh, episode two of the podcast. It's Friday, May 22nd. Today we'll be talking about some of the biggest headlines in sports this week, who we thought would have won the Euros, and we'll be taking some questions from our Instagram followers. Uh, it's our first podcast in person, so it should run a little bit smoother. And we're going to open with a man who shit himself in an NBA game, talking shit on the greatest basketball player of all time, in some of our opinions. Uh, what do you guys have to say about that? Because I woke up to that headline on Twitter, and I was like, what in the hell is he talking about? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Paul Pierce, uh, for those of you who have not caught on yet, we're talking about Paul Pierce. Um, Paul Pierce came out a couple days ago saying LeBron was outside of his top five all time. And um, for what LeBron did to that guy in the playoffs many, many times, I could see why he'd say that. He has, a th- um, he has over a thousand career points against him. Yeah, I know. And I mean, the thing is, Paul Pierce has never been known for being like a, like a great defensive player, but... Um, uh, LeBron was definitely the Paul Pierce whisperer in many points in many points in his career. So um, I think it's more just like an emotionally charged statement and not something that you know. If you really looked at the stats, um, looked at what like he LeBron has done for the game, I think that he would easily be able to see LeBron's the greatest player of all time. So. Yeah, I could see I could see him saying he's not number one. You know, there's yeah, the I whole see that too, there's the whole debate, but just not putting him in your top five. Are you serious? And you liked his, the rest of his list, right? Like yeah, six I mean, ten. I thought his list wasn't. It wasn't a bad list. It's just the fact that LeBron wasn't in there. It's like he didn't have any like outrageous players in the top five. But like, there's no excuse for LeBron not being in his top five. It's just, it's just stupid. I just guess when you have a guy who drops a thousand points on your dome. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a reason not to like him. Goes to your head. I mean, you think that also that like LeBron is probably the greatest player that Paul Pierce has ever played against, and you look right. at like Paul Pierce's top, top five, and like, um. Like, not many of those guys even played against. So, like, I feel like LeBron would deserve a little bit more respect in his mind, just as for a lot of, like, the younger generation like us, we see LeBron as, like, the greatest of all time because, like, we see him. And Paul Pierce has seen him, and it's hard that he, Paul Pierce couldn't basically include anybody. I guess when you see him driving to the hoop enough, you get over it, though. Yeah, exactly. Dropping 40 on your head in a game, but... You're too busy seeing the back of his jersey. (laughs) He remembers the name, but he doesn't want to put him in that five. (laughs) Uh, some good news coming out of the NBA this week, though, is it is looking more likely than ever that the season will resume. Uh, Mark Cuban was on Pat McAfee's show saying he's not too involved with the whole getting the season back going, but he said he's feeling optimistic about it. LeBron has been holding private workouts, per se, as uh, what the rumors going around in L.A. are. And when you have a guy like LeBron, you know, top of the league guy doing that, you're guessing the season will be coming back. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks owner said that the season should resume within the next six to eight weeks with Orlando and the whole Disney Resort being a front runner. So maybe we handed out those awards too early. <laughs> yeah, maybe we did. And I think that um, yeah, it was great to see. I saw some like tentative dates. I know Spencer Dinwiddie tweeted out that July 15th was most likely the date that like games would start and they're going to start practicing in June. But, um, you know... I've said many times that I'm not sure how, how this is going to work out, um, how the NBA is going to really handle all these players in the same location. I mean, it's going to be really cool, and there's going to be a lot of news coming out of there, I assume, because a lot of people who are you know not always friends on different teams in the same living quarters. So. Yeah, living together. Yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting to see, but um, 
you know, I, I'm glad to see basketball coming back. I think it's been it's been too long, um, but I think that the NBA really has to make uh, some cautious decisions if they don't want to take a lot of heat for like putting their players in danger and stuff like take that. Take many many precautionary measures if they want to do that. I mean, I'm excited. Uh, if it's looking, it's definitely looking more likely, and. I don't know about you guys, but I'm very excited to see some NBA back on TV. Yeah, hopefully mid June, and you know who's you know who's coming out in June is flight. So hey, look for a ten day yeah. or something towards the end contract? of the season. Yeah, yeah, the cameras might might not be on though, but he's definitely gonna be out there. In yeah, general. you know he'll um, be he'll be down there in Orlando doing his thing. Look at flight, look at flight, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> so inspirational. The next piece of news we have. Comes from the NFL and... Oh, and this one Jake. hurts as a Cowboys fan. I know this one might hurt you. Dak Prescott offered $35 million per year. The highest contract... Highest contract... Like, largest contract in NFL history. Um, and he said no. He said he wants upwards of $45 million per year. What do we think about that guy? This man thinks he's Lamar Mahomes, bro. He thinks he's Lamar Mahomes. You know, I think Dak is a great quarterback, but oh my, $45 million a year is just, we're not, we're not talking baseball contracts, you know, you see that in baseball contracts, yeah. but this, nah. he's asking for an insane amount of, what, what do you think about that? I mean, I think he's, I also think he's a really good quarterback, but I'm not even sure if he deserves 35. I have Russell Wilson, highest paid quarterback in the NFL is making $35 million a year, and he's a distinguished quarterback. He's won a Super Bowl. He's brought his team to another Super Bowl. He's the guy that's getting paid 35 and if Dak's rejecting that, yeah. I'm not sure what if he's Dak's only been in the Dak's only been in the league for four years, yeah, I think, yeah. three or four years. It's yeah. it's insane to ask for that amount of money. Uh, I just, and I'm just glad that Jerry Jones has yet to pay him that because <laughs> I, as a Cowboys fan, like I said, I just would not want to see... Our quarterback, who's yet to really prove himself per se, I don't, I don't even know if he has a playoff win, um, asked for that amount of money. I, I was totally fine with him paying Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott is one of the best running backs in the league. I just don't know if I could put Prescott in the top three or four quarterbacks in the league, maybe even top five. You know, I you, you don't hand out money like that unless it's to a guy like Patrick Mahomes, I think, who's by far the best quarterback in the league. You know, Lamar Jackson being a close second. Yeah. But I just if if you were Jerry Jones, how would you handle the situation? Would do you pay him uh, somewhere in that ballpark, or do you just ride with Andy Dalton for the next I year? Mean, Andy Dalton, I believe, I don't know if he's won a playoff game, but he's been there many times in recent. And I think yeah. he's been he with has worse a lot teams. more experience. Yeah. I think he's been way with worse teams. Yeah. And like I mean, you look at the highest paid quarterbacks. I know Frankie said Russell Wilson, but the two behind him are Big Ben, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, at 34 and 33, 33.5, all three of those guys, Super Bowl winners. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, at, I mean, after them, you got Jared Goff at 33 and a half. Oh, and we saw what happened when he got paid. We, we saw yeah. the year he had after he got paid. And Carson Wentz at 32. So, I mean, I honestly think Dak Prescott's a better quarterback than both Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. So, I mean, there's definitely an argument that he, he could make around that have to agree with much. that. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think he'll settle. I, I think he's going to settle for 35. Maybe they'll meet him halfway, but I just don't think Jerry Jones is going to pay him 45-plus. I just don't see that happening. 
Oh. I mean, they have the money, but... Yeah, they do have the money. You see all these NFL players getting arrested recently, and I feel like if Dak Prescott gets paid $45 million, he should be arrested, too, for robbing the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I, so. I, can, I can 100% agree with that. That is for sure. He's just, he's just not proven yet, but, you know, his buddy in the backfield, Ezekiel Elliott, knew how to negotiate. He pushed that contract as far yeah. as he could before signing that, so... And he's actually been arrested. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So like we'll, not the Cowboys of the rest Gregory, they just had the they just had the one guy released off of suspension a couple days ago. He's been on suspension since twenty fifteen for violent crimes or I don't, oh, I don't remember oh. what it was. Oh, he's on the Raiders. Oh, but he's on the Cowboys now. Um, yeah. Oh, Alden Smith. Alden Smith. Alden Smith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, a little bit of a little bit of an interesting thing going down on in. Uh, Texas, but in other quarterback news, today the New York Jets signed Joe Flacco to a one-year deal. Flacco had a neck surgery a year or two ago, and he's kind of been out for a little bit, but uh, what do you guys think that means for Sam Darnold? Because I watched a great Sam Darnold highlight today of him uh, seeing ghosts, per se, (laughs) in his uh, horrid game against the the Patriots, and... You know, just his great highlights he's had throughout his years. I think Sam Darnold is one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the league. I think Darnold is just does not have it. You know, I love UCLA. Always hated Darnold. I thought he was good at SC, though, but he just... He got out dueled yeah. against Rosen every time. I just don't see... He's not the quarterback that everyone made him out to be. So what do you guys think them signing Joe Flacco means? Uh, I mean... You go ahead, Brady. Thanks. I, I mean, I mean... I think it puts him in the hot seat. I do um, It puts him under pressure. I don't think Flacco's going to start. Definitely not over Darnold, at least not right away. But it definitely puts some pressure on him. He's saying, if you can't get it done, then we have someone who can. An like experienced Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I mean, he's got, he's got Le'Veon Bell in the backfield to help him out a little bit. And I know, I know um, they didn't go out, or they didn't uh, draft a receiver like a lot of people thought they would. But I, I still think he has some weapons to at least win a couple games. Yeah, I mean, I mean, quite honestly, I, I might disagree a little and just say that I, I don't think Joe Flacco really, really means much except to fill the really? depth chart a little bit. Wow, um, interesting. Like, I, I think that even in the games that Joe Flacco played last year, like, I, I mean, uh, Joe Flacco basically got beat out by, by Drew Locke yeah. um, effectively. Yeah. And I, I don't think Joe Flacco's got it anymore. I think Drew Locke has the potential to be better than Sam Darnold. Hot take. Hot take. I love it. I love it. I agree. I agree. I agree. I I think Drew Locke showed flashes and Sam Darnold really didn't. They're going to be. And now they got some great receivers out there in Denver. Jerry Judy, Cornelius. Like you said the other day. You can see them making a run. I can see them making a run. That's a tough decision. But I don't see New York making any. Any rash decision yet? Rash decisions yet? Um, especially because they they took a chance on him um, at second a couple of years ago, and I think that they might just ride it out and see. Yeah. Uh, try try and build this guy, and I also know they drafted another rookie quarterback out of like, um, like Florida somewhere in Florida yeah. in like the draft. So um, yeah, I mean they, they got they got guys back there. Um, but, I mean, the signing of Joe Flacco, I, I could definitely also get on board with the fact that, you know, it might just be send a little bit of a message to Sam Darnold. I don't think he's in much danger. Send wake your um, ass up. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just say, tell him to wake up and, like, he's just not really in danger. But if he starts choking, like, really bad, then, you know, I would not be surprised to see see Joe Flacco back. In the, yeah, I just, I wouldn't, I would not be surprised to see Joe Flacco in a game for them this year. Uh, any... 
but you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Transitioning from now football to football, uh, this year was supposed to host the Euros. There was supposed to be the Euros in uh, Europe, obviously. And I was very excited for that, actually, because I was going to be in Europe and was hoping to catch a game this summer. But with the whole coronavirus pandemic, the Euros have been canceled. So uh, you guys are big soccer guys. Who did you guys have winning the Euros this year? I'll let Frankie speak first because I have, I have two answers to this, but it depends on what Frankie said. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I struggled. So I know France, defending world champs, they don't really lose anyone. Um, but, I mean, as Jake mentioned before we started the podcast, uh, Conte and Pogba have had some injury woes, and I'm not sure if they would have been back for the Euros this summer. They will be, obviously, next year. But that's why i got to go England. It's coming oh, home. Oh, oh. It's coming home. It's about time. I know France got the weapons, but it's about damn time for the trophy to come home. They're young, and I think it's time for them to prove themselves. I mean, I look at their depth chart, and they just got so many weapons. I think Kane is garbage. I'll say it. I think Kane is garbage. (laughs) No, agreed. Agreed. But, I mean, they got so many weapons. Uh, Raheem Sterling, Jane Sancho, Tammy Abraham, Rashford, Jordan Henderson, Harry Maguire, Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think they're so deep, and that's why I'm going to pick them to take the trophy home. Yeah, they are deep. I can't. I can't argue that they are deep. You know, I am going to go um, with a team that has not performed well in past years, and I'm actually going to go out and say, say Germany. Germany would go and win the Euros, just because you know they have arguably the hottest prospect, um, hot the hottest prospect right now, Timo Werner. Um, you know, he he wants, or, like, he might go to Liverpool, but um, just the reason I say it is because yeah. I feel like the Bundesliga in general is, like, the most tight-knit league um, with the most domestic players, and, um, you know, I think they got a bunch of quality sides, and they got teams that kind of stacked with a lot of German players, like Bayern and uh, Dortmund and all those teams at the top of the table there, yeah. but, um, you know, I think, I think Germany is legit. They got a bunch of really good young guys. They said Werner. Uh, they got like Kai Havertz. Um, Julian Brandt. Yeah, or Julian Brandt. Can you see Brandt. them being as good as that team that won the World Cup? Um, you know, I don't know if I can see them being as good as that team. I that mean, team like guys dominant. like Ozil out of their prime. Um, Tony Kroos. Yeah, Schweinsteiger's not there. And Mario Goetz is also yeah. out of his prime. But like, Mueller. Royce is healthy That's now. Yeah. Muller's playing decently. Um... I mean, they definitely have the numbers, and I feel like they have just a deep of the roster, and they're coached, coached well, in my opinion, by yeah. Yogi, Yogi, Yogi Lowe, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, before I unveil who I thought would have won the Euros, I just have to say, it was amazing to see Mandzukic bury that one into the back of the net in the, uh, was that, semifinals against, yeah, against, against England. England? Wow, God. So, yeah, Croatian here. But I can't give Croatia the Euro Cup title, even though I would love to. Even though they made it to the semis in... The World Cup a year ago or two years ago. Yeah. yeah. They had a great run that year and, you know, led by a Ballon d'Or year by Modric, which I do, but I don't know what you guys think, but I do think Ronaldo got robbed that year, but it was amazing to see Modric win that Ballon d'Or. Mm. Love the hands to them, but I'm going to have to say France is going to go back to back, not back to back in uh, Euro Cups, but back to back as in World Cup, Euro Cup. I just think they were too good. Mbappe is the best, or one of, if not the best young players out there right now. Yeah. yeah. Match with. 
a guy in the center like Conte and you got Pogba too. Those are just stacked. That, that team is stacked, and I just couldn't really see them slipping. I also thought Belgium, I think Belgium yeah, might have been able to make yeah, a run I mean, this year. Got shout. They would have, this would have had to have been their year to make the run because, you know, a lot of those guys are starting to get old, but, you know, they had a chance. They had a chance this year, but I would have had to stick with, I would have had to stick with France. I just couldn't imagine... Couldn't imagine someone else to throw in them, even yeah, though Croatia yeah. came yeah, exactly. so close. So I was really close to picking Belgium also, but the only reason I don't pick Belgium is because I just don't feel like they have uh, the wing backs out there to handle yeah. like really good wingers. Yeah, um, guys, especially like p- teams like England, even like I like even though I know you don't like Sterling, but like Sancho, yeah, and Sterling, Sancho and, and like Trags and Arnold yeah. going down the wing, I feel like a, a team like Belgium wouldn't be able to stop it, even though they have a really good offense. So yeah, yeah. I mean. Who do you think? Who do you think would have? Uh, who do you think would have also been in that championship game with? Uh, with hard to say. I I feel like a sleeper people forget about, even though they've been so dominant in the past decade, is Spain. Yeah. I know oh, they also yeah. are up they there. They have great age. youth too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they will. They will be good within the next yeah, couple years if they're not. A top three keeper in the world, um, a great back line, and a, a good coach. I, th- I could see them going far as well. Spain. I feel like you could say something similar about the Dutch at some points. I mean, they, yeah, they have yeah. a great back line great and like oh, yeah. and strong like, midfield too with um, like De Jong now. Yeah, but, um, one of them. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I just don't feel like they have the strike force to get done. Even with like Memphis Depay, I don't think they have the experience internationally yeah. to go out and win yeah. a tournament like the Euros. Um, but Cruyff to come back from the dead. I mean, honestly. It, I, I love the Euros because it's such a toss-up sometimes on who would win because I feel like there's so many good teams. Um, and yeah, like, especially with the groups this year, there was a death group that was Germany, um, France, and Portugal. Germany, France, Portugal, and then the winner of a playoff, and that is a stacked group. Yeah. You got the defending champs that might not even make it out, right? Por- Portugal won the yeah. last Euros, yeah. right? You, they might not even make it out. I wouldn't the have seen them making it out. People in the group. finals, the two teams in the finals. Yeah, yeah, two. Yeah, and you you can't sleep on you can never sleep on Ronaldo. Wasn't I, wasn't Iceland also like in the semis? Yeah, right? they they knocked off England in the last Euro Cup and upset. Uh, yeah, yeah Iceland had a good yeah, run. Was they, they were in the semis and they lost to France. So that yeah. would be, and Germ- what was Germany? Germany lost early in that. Yeah, they yeah. Lost yeah. and Portugal. I think that. I don't know if they'll make the run they did last time. But I think their team is better. Than yeah, they're they're always the team, last year, okay. Their team definitely is better. I feel like a little better of a better supporting cast around Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like a, a, the 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 um, Portuguese league in general has slept on a lot. Mm. Yeah, they, they, yeah, like good. Benfica and Sporting. Um, I feel like they produce a lot of talent out there, especially a lot of Portuguese guys. But um, it's just not one of those big leagues that has a lot of big competition. So, um, like, they don't. I feel like it's get noticed. A little bit too much of a feeder league. I feel like every yeah. time someone gets really good in that league, they, kind of they get sold to a big club. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, yeah, no. I feel like it's also the same with Strike like business. Uh, it's the, it, it just reminds me a lot of like a league like the Bundesliga, where there's like a couple teams on top every year, or even like the the French league. Yeah, there's like a couple teams on top yeah. every year. And just not too competitive. Yeah, it's not. It's not competitive, and they got they got some good players, but just like that's why everybody watches the Prem because it's so competitive. Yeah, there's a lot of good yeah, players. Yeah. And same with like La Liga. Yeah, either exactly. some teams in La Liga that suck. But yeah, changes. Uh, are you guys anything to wrap yeah, up no, the Euro talk? Or? I think that's. I think that's that's all for yeah. me. Moving on to our first segment of the day is our best of the best segment, and today we will be going over who we believe has the best college football uniforms. 
you know, college football uniforms are always super fun to look at, or they make you want to throw up. It depends who you're looking at. Uh, Carter, who did, who was your pick for these? You know, I feel like people don't like this pick, uh-huh. but I, I got two words for you. Uh-uh. Turnover chain. Oh, <laughs> going with the lucky. U. Lucky. Oh, wow. I, I mean, uh, I, you know, I just love... What colorway? Or just, like, I, in general. I like the, or- I like the orange general. ones. I like the orange ones, but, like, you know, I just feel like you, you roll up against that, and, like, they break up the turnover chain on you. Like, I feel like there's, no- there's nothing you can do. Um, you just feel disrespected. Yeah, you, you just disrespected. I mean, I count that as part of the uniform just because, like, they're wearing it every time they get turnover, but, um... Yeah, that, I feel like that kind of put it over the edge for me. I feel like it's a very underrated uniform. Are, there, are they Adidas? Yeah. 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 So, you know, something about Adidas, I don't really like what they have going in the shoulder pad area sometimes. Yeah. They got this airflow technology. Yeah. It just kind of, yeah. they, UCLA had them for a while, and I didn't really like what they yeah. had, but Miami does have some very pleasing jerseys yeah. to look at. What about um? What about you guys? Got you feeling some type of way? Got me yeah. feeling some type <laughs> of way. Do you know, Jake, what's your, what's your pick for this best one? You know... When you think college football uniforms, you think back to the days of Chip Kelly at Oregon and him debuting those yeah. flashy chrome helmets and everything. Yeah. When you think those college football uniforms, you think Nike and Oregon. I'm going to mix it up on you a little bit. I'm going to go with the Jumpman and UNC. I think those oh, baby blues yeah, yeah. down in North Carolina. I, I don't know if you're going to like do yeah. guy over here. I don't know if you'll enjoy these, but I think that those UNC baby blue jerseys with the diamond stripes on the side are the best-looking jerseys in college football they're just uh, something about they're they're not too they don't have too much going on you got the powder blue baby blue helmet i just uh, and I, unc's a fun team to watch too mac brown down there yeah. and i remember watching them Mitch, come Mitch. <laughs> i remember watching them come so close to upsetting clemson last year and i'm yeah. still pissed that at home they played for the win instead of playing for the overtime tie they but with a lot of energy they do mac brown's got something going down there how's a great, great qb coach. And I think they're going to be good within these next couple of years. they got a really good recruiting class coming, and I'm excited to see them yeah. ball out in those beautiful, beautiful uniforms. Is is uh, Michigan also Air Jordan? They, yeah. Yeah, they are also That's Jordan. I was making sure. Because, like, honestly, for my list, too, Michigan Michigan was up there. Like, yeah. the iconic Heisman. Uh, Desmond Howard. Yeah, yeah. Howard. Agreed. I like those. I, I, I'm not a fan of the Michigan ones. I don't know. I like the color scheme. I like the maize and blue. But those helmets. You don't like, like the helmet? I don't like the I don't like the whole thing going on right above the visor. Yeah, the Wolverine thing in front of the visor. I do, if they had better helmets, Michigan might be, you know, and it's just one of those things that I don't like how it's it looks. Personal, they kind of like the yeah. Packers all year. Like the vintage Packers, like yeah, yeah. Frank, I know what, what you mean. Frankie, what would you say are your uh, your? Favorites? I really struggled with this one. I couldn't decide, so I have, I have five, and one of them was five. the Michigan. I have a top five. So brace with me. I got. I love the Michigan. I think it's just a classic. It's authentic. The Texas, like the burnt orange, Texas was in. Texas was in the running for me yeah. too. I really like those yeah. and those white helmets. With yeah, the long, oh. it's yeah. nothing crazy or anything. It's just simple, but it, they keep it and they stuck with it. Um, and then I have a couple like newer ones, Ole Miss with oh, the blue, too. and then but the light blue helmets. Oh my god! Like, not the navy blue one. That's and then Ole Miss does it right yeah. when it comes to all uniforms. Facts. They're baseball. They yeah, got powder blue, baby oh, powder yeah. blue uniforms too. Ole Miss does it right when that's, it comes to uniforms. Um, I got. The LSU purple ones with the white helmet. I don't know if you guys have seen those. I've they seen them. Once yeah, I like them. Yeah, I like them. And then lastly, 
the uh, 1994 throwback Oregon ones, they're like a, oh, those a lighter green with a yellow helmet oh, and yellow bottoms. Yeah, yeah. I like those. You what know, are... sometimes Oregon's just a little too much to look at for me. You know, I like yeah. all that. I love, like, it's like flashing. It's cool. But sometimes you're just like, you see them run around. You can't read the names on the back of their jersey. You're like, yeah, what's going on here? The one, I, the one I'm surprised to have not heard, kind of. Is a school like Notre Dame with the yeah, gold? Yeah, I was thinking about I like it's the gold cool. helmets from Notre Dame. Yeah, I like them. I feel like they don't have too many. I mean, like, just like the plain Navy uniforms. I mean, they sometimes change they it. Change, they have like a green, green before, yeah. yeah. Like once a year, yeah, maybe, or once every other year. I've had a gray cool. once, too. I yeah, like I like the tradition. They have, yeah, I like the tradition they have there with their uniforms. Same with the school like Penn State yeah, with those iconic Navy and white pants and... You know, it's a it's a fun play. I, I think Penn State's are good too, but you know something about those baby blues I just really like down at UNC, and uh, I I do think one of my favorite jerseys of all time was UCLA had a you know bias again being yeah. a UCLA guy, but they had a whiteout game a few years ago, and it was their first year with Under Armour. They had white helmets with a baby blue. Uh, I think baby blue in me is just something. Something's clicking there, but they had a light blue uh, UCLA logo on their helmets with on a white helmet with white tops and white pants, and they were looking. It was icy. I really liked what was coming out of there. So but. icy from UCLA. We love to see that. Speaking of ice, do rings matter in terms of a goat? I don't know. I don't know, Carter. Interesting transition. Yeah, that, was, that was a great transition. <laughs> I, mean, I like the, uh, Speaking of ice, those I'm rings gonna, be icy. Those I rings have the voice crack there, so just ignore that. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to go out and say, if you say no, I don't. No, I mean, if you say no, you're 100% a LeBron Lee is the GOAT believer, but I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm going I'm to say yes. Call me out like that. I'm going to say yes, because I feel like guys like Bill Russell would not be in, like, my top 10 of all time if we didn't talk about rings. See, but see, but you're talking about top 10. You're not talking about the GOAT. The GOAT? Yeah, I feel like... Mm, I've heard people put him yeah, in the GOAT. Yeah, I feel like playoff performance... Yeah, that's true. To be the greatest of all time, I feel like like clutch performances and actually winning is really important. Being a proven Yeah, proven being guy. a proven winner and, like... Um, you know, I feel like there are many times where, I mean, like, guys like LeBron, like, there's stuff he couldn't do in the finals to, like, win. Like, he really gave it all he could and, like, he played yeah. really well. But, like... I mean, I do think um, rings matter, but at the same time, I think you got to put the ring in context um, and like who the, who the opponents were and stuff like that. If your te- what your team was like, um. and that's another thing with the whole goat debate. It's you're talking about guys who were playing against in completely different ages. We'll get in that, into that after. But when we're just talking about rings, what do you think, Frankie? I have to agree with Carter on this one. I mean, the object of every sport is to win. Yeah. So I think in order for you to be the GOAT, you have to win. In, in any sport, I don't care if it's football, basketball, hockey, fucking badminton. Oh, shit. <laughs> we're good, we're good. Okay, um, so... We can, so, yeah, so, we can run it in. So we're 18. So I gotta go... Yes, I think rings definitely matter. Maybe it's not... Maybe it's not the biggest thing, but I think it's definitely a decision-maker. I just think... I'm going to have to disagree with you guys. I, I think they are a great boost when it comes to talking about the GOAT debate, but, okay, look, look at how many rings Steve Kerr has. Like, do you think people give a shit and put him... When you look at guys like Mike Trout, I think he will go down as the greatest baseball player of all time, like I said, and he may never even make it to an ALCS with what the Angels are doing with him there. You look at a guy like that, you know, I think he's going to be one of the greatest. Yeah, that's a good point. I just... I don't look at him as too much of... I look at how they play more than I look about what their records are. I think he could be Owen... His team could be Owen, uh, one hundred and sixty-two in a season, and he'll still he'll still be at the top of every league standing, 
It's just baseball is also kind of an individual sport, though. You yeah. don't have it's not like basketball where you're relying yeah. on teammates yeah. to do certain things. For wins, you are, but you know you can go out and it's you're not going to go out and drop fifty in your team. How how often is it you're going to drop fifty in a in a basketball game your team's yeah. going to lose? You know, it's yeah. A little I mean, different. like I think that the difference between a sport like baseball and like a guy like Mike Trout compared with um, uh, someone like LeBron or you know even kind of in soccer a little bit, um, you you just can't like. You can't single-handedly will your team to wins. Yeah, no, from, you can't. But if you're one out of uh, a certain amount of guys batting and only one guy just in his own spot in the field, so yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know if he, he could just single-handedly will himself. And, you know, in some sports like that, I would 100% argue, yeah, like he just got put in a bad situation from the start and he's made the most out of it, and he's been, like, the best player in the league for a long time. Um, yeah, 100% I get behind the fact that Mike Trout will go down as the greatest baseball player ever. But, you know, in, in most sports, especially basketball, where one, where it has been proven that people can single-handedly will themselves to winning mm-hmm. yeah. if they play well enough, um, I feel like ring, rings do matter, especially because you're only one of five guys and you're always out there. Um, yeah. you got a chance to, to make it. Make it make a difference. Yeah, it comes into effect in a lot of things. Like, look, people argue all the time between Ronaldo and Messi. Messi's never yeah. been able to. He hasn't been able to do anything with Argentina. Yeah, but yeah. It's just yeah. an interesting thing. I think it just gives a good boost. He said better players than um, uh, Ronaldo yeah. has in Portugal. And Portugal's won the Euro Cup, which I think is harder to win. Yeah, the Cup. I, I feel like it just the it, whole Messi. That, that's like the hard. one thing Messi's lacking, and I still think Messi's career has been phenomenal, been amazing. So I mean, yeah, yeah. going off. Um, Kind of what Carter and Jake both said. The only exception to what Carter said, I think, is D-Book dropping 70 against the Celtics, and they lost <laughs> by, like, 30 or something like that. <laughs> That's and then, true. But I think... It happens. It's just... Yeah. It's pretty rare. Yeah. I think, going off what Jake said about how you have to see the athlete, I 100% agree. Yeah. Um, like, I know it's hard to see live games, but I've been lucky enough to see LeBron his last year on the Cavs. He dropped a triple-double against the Wizards, and I, I was in Cleveland, and it's like... He just takes over everything, and everyone in the crowd is just looking at LeBron, seeing what LeBron's doing. It's There's, just like, those goats just have that. X you factor. go for him. There are people and uh, people in the crowd that's holding the signs like I came all the way from like Shanghai to see LeBron play. Yeah. Like that's that's definitely an X, he has that uh, X factor set him apart yeah. from everyone else. Yeah, but something that just really always pisses me off is when you're talking about these goats or whatever, whoever you're comparing. It's just you have to look at things. You're t- you're looking at people playing against. You know, uh, let's use baseball as an example. Today, everyone's throwing 95-plus. you got guys throwing 105, and guys are going against guys like that. But back in the 30s when Babe Ruth was playing, or I don't even know what years it was. I'm somewhere around there. He was he, he was facing guys throwing, like, 75 miles an hour. I mean, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother topic. Like, yeah. even LeBron and Jordan, too, when you look at that. Yeah. It, it's really hard to debate people, debate goats, when they played in such different times. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and that's why I... So you gotta look at the the ring in context, like scope of like what actually was going on. Because yeah, like uh, could you ask me to name an act another player? Actually, not another. But could you tell me to name other good teams during Bill Russell's era? I I probably couldn't do it. I mean, I know I have a zero idea. Yeah, I mean it's you know we're a young generation. Obviously, we're not gonna know too much about it. But it's just it's interesting. I think there needs to be, you know, I'm gonna put a proposal for the sports world, and hopefully it makes it out there. There needs to just be goats of decades, not greatest yeah. of all time. Change to goad, goat of or god, goat of decade. Um, 
Yeah, you know, God, it's just some. It's just too hard to debate when they're playing. The circumstances are always so different, and it always it always gets people fired yeah. up. I would I would agree with that. Um, I guess so. Moving on to that, I guess we can start our five minutes of fire. Right? Yeah, we'll go into our five minutes of fire. And today's question of the day is: Who is the best sports family of all time? And I hope this gets fiery, but we might have some similar answers here. Carter, who do you think the best sports family of all time is? Oh, man, this was a really tough one for me. Um, and it, it, it was especially difficult to answer because I didn't know it's like if I wanted to say all around, like who is the all around most athletic family out there? Mm-hmm. Um, or like, is it just one really, really good athlete and one like, all right, okay kind of athlete? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like the first thing that came to mind for me um, was like the Williams family in tennis, but Beast, you know, doing specimens, doing some more research, I I looked into it and other families that um, that popped up for me, um, the Long family in football. That was the, yeah. the, long, the long like Kyle Long, um, Howie Hall of Famer. They have. Multiple Super Bowl champions in their family. Um, a Hall of Famer. Um, another one might be a Hall of Famer. Um, yeah. But even like better than them, I, I would go as far as to say that the Mannings are the best. Yeah. That, that's, oh, that's what I was okay, okay. I, I'd agree. <laughs> yeah, and that's I'd what like, I was going to do. I'd say, like, I'd willing to debate anyone on that. I mean, I think I got some stats here. Between all of them, we got four rings, two Peyton, two Eli, plus the forgotten one, Arch Manning. He's a freshman in high school, and he's starting on varsity freshman, which, okay, like, that's not, like, super rare. But he's starting at, like, one of the best high school football programs in the state, maybe even the country. The other Manning brother, or other Mannings went to that high school. So did Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, all around, that family's just, like, Pure athleticism, um, big foreheads, big <laughs> rings. Big and rings. I mean, five Peyton's for sure Hall of Famer. Um, Eli I put him sure top five. E- so is Eli, Eli for sure being a Hall yeah, of Famer. Yeah, so most likely. I gotta break. go. TB Killer. Yeah, so I'm going Mannings, and I'm gonna stick by that. I'm also gonna go with the Mannings because they are, you know, when you got four Super Bowl rings to your name and potentially more to come. It's just kind of hard to pass up on that. But, you know, the Venus or Venus and Serena duo in tennis yeah. is also an extremely talented family. You know, I but I just think when it comes down to it, you know, oh, now I'm kind of looking at rings. Four rings, top one of the Peyton's up there with, like, the most top career passing touchdowns. Yeah, I think yeah. He's, he's somewhere up there. I think Brady just passed him oh, last, it was last Breeze, season. Breeze, or, Brady, Manning. Yeah, it's, so he's number three. They're just they and they got more to come. That's the thing. And you know we were talking about this before the pod. Um, the O'Neill family too. Shaq is one of Shaq's top ten basketball player of all time. And Sharif, you know, being down at LSU right now might end up being the roots. Yeah, he could end up being a top basketball player too. And his daughter is like fourteen years old and dunking. Yeah. It's insane. So they could end up being one of the best families of all time. You know, it's just it's tough to tell. But you know, you also look at people like the Watt brothers. They're yeah. a very athletic, talented family. But I just think when it comes down to it, Peyton and Eli have proven the most uh, as a duo. Not as a duo, but as a family. And I think that, you know, you just got to hand them that. You got to hand them that title. Yeah, I, I debated back and forth going to Williams and the Watts. But, you know, the Watts don't have any Super Bowl rings. And 
And then Archie was Archie Manning. Their dad yeah. too was a phenomenal athlete as well. So you know that's just that that runs in the family, and you know yeah. success is a thing there, and it's good. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's like a lot of just uh, there's definitely like families we're like forgetting about where the Griffiths. Yeah, I mean, like the yeah, Griffiths the, the are very talented. I mean, I think like um, like you could argue, and like this is like there's, there's families, for example, like the people like Tim Duncan. Like, Tim Duncan was a great basketball player, and his dad played college basketball, yeah. but his sister was also, like, an Olympic yeah. swimmer. Yeah. So, it's like, there's family like that we're probably not forgetting, but, like, I feel like, notably, I think it's it's hard to disagree with them. Yeah, it also it. depends what you're looking at, because you got guys, like, you got the Earnhardt, you got the yeah. Earnhardts, and they Earnhardt. dominated the they dominated the racing NASCAR. world, but yeah, NASCAR, really which is also back in the midst of the whole coronavirus yes. thing. NASCAR is back, I don't know if they any of you guys are like oh really? Or no, they didn't mean not because like the virus. Oh, they just something but, happened. But um, yeah, so it's good to see sports coming back into the world. But you know, it's interesting to look at. Are you looking at like individual sports? Like, say Tiger had two brothers that both had as many majors as him, and you know that'd be you have to argue that they're in there too. But it's it's definitely an interesting debate. But as of now, the Manning family holds that title, in my opinion, and your guys' opinion <laughs> as well. Yeah. Well, now I'm moving into a new segment called Instagram Inquiries, where we took questions from you guys. Feel free to follow our Instagram, by the way, at Zoom Sports Talk, where we took questions from you guys, and we will now be answering those questions. And the first one today is coming from at Dylan Bartlett. Is Kobe a top five Laker of all time, talent-wise? Frankie, I'll let you open up with that one. Uh, I have an easy answer. Yes. <laughs> um, I just, like, I don't see anyone else... Um, debating me out of saying Kobe's top five Laker talent-wise. I know um, there's some skepticism about, like, oh, like, LeBron played for the Lakers. I know he hasn't got anything done, but he's worn a Lakers uniform, and he's arguably the greatest of all time. So, But, yeah, Kobe top five, not a doubt in my mind. Yeah, and talent-wise, I mean, he is – I, I would also agree with this statement. He is definitely top five. He's fourth all-time scoring – um, he's the second or third all. He's the technically, I guess, the third all-time scorer for the Lakers, considering LeBron is donning the Lakers jersey right now. But he's he has five five rings, correct? Yeah, five rings. I mean, he just don't. They him and Shaq had dominant time there. Talent wise, he one hundred percent is a top five Laker in my opinion. You know, um, like five five of the best Lakers ever probably would be like Kareem, yeah. Magic, West, Wilt, and Shaq, or like the other the other five. Yeah. I guess you could argue. At the beginning, do I think Kobe was a top yeah. five Laker skill wise? No, I actually don't. Really? Oh. But I do. Th- I think his mentality and a work ethic are what made him so great. Um, like I feel like beginning of his career, he was not like a very like a super technical player. Um, but as his he career was a freak developed, athlete. Yeah, yeah, he was a freak career, athlete yeah. exactly. And like that's why it's like like it was reminding me of like LeBron. Where like LeBron's just like a freak athlete. Yeah. Um, but he, he his mentality and his work ethic, I think, have turned him into, in my opinion. Aside from maybe somebody like Kareem, like the most technically skilled, yeah, even like basketball player ever. I mean, like, I, 
I think you gotta throw Nick Young into that category yeah, too. Yeah, Swaggy P. Swaggy. I mean, Rondo's also on the Lakers now. <laughs> and JaVale McGee, Jared Dudley. Yeah, Caruso, you know, when you look at guys like that, you know, maybe Kobe isn't, but rest in peace to Kobe, he is 100% a top five Laker. Dylan, I don't know if you disagree with that statement, but if you do. Maybe he's one of his opinion validated. Maybe he was his yeah, mentor. Hopefully that's what you're looking for. But our, our next question De- debate comes, a from, wall, Dylan. comes from Lucas Sanzai and. Um, is he asked, could the NFL, XFL have survived if Corona wasn't a thing? What are your guys' answers on this? I'll go for it, yeah. Um, yes, I believe the XFL could have survived, not as smoothly as I think people would have thought it would have been, but they would have had to do some work in it. I went to an XFL game, went to the first game in LA, and I had a splendid time there. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, there weren't a lot of fans, but and the talent really wasn't there, but... I think if that league had a couple years under its belt, it would have been developed into a great entertainment league. People would have started liking it a lot more. And, you know, people were starting to really get behind teams. And, it, you know, people are like, eh, hey, it might not work. Springtime football right after soccer. Or not, sorry, soccer. Right after the NFL's over. It, people were kind of skeptical about it. But I think it was a success for the most part. And, you know, I think it would have survived if Corona didn't kill it. But it is sad to see that, as of now, the XFL has no plans of returning but, hey, do not sleep on Mr. Luck. Did you guys know that? Andrew Luck's dad was, yeah. the, was the commissioner of the XFL? Yeah, I actually I actually did know that. And but um, he's, a great, he's a great sports guy, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just thought um, it was funny that, like, I, and everybody enjoyed the XFL just because of, like, the atmosphere that it created. Yeah. Um, Dude, the, live, just, the sideline yeah, interviews yeah, were yeah, so yeah. good. They mic up the players. I just like football. Yeah, so yeah. the more football, the merrier. It's just like, it reminds me a lot of like a pickup football, like that atmosphere, that vibe, people talking trash. Do I think it would have survived? Um, uh, you know, I actually do also think it would have survived. Um, I think there was a lot of hype surrounding it and survived, I guess, is like a very, very loose term in the sense. Do I think it would have survived um, a long time? Probably not, but do I think it could have survived a couple seasons? Yeah, because people love football, and it's the off-season, and they miss it. Um, people love the entertainment aspect of what yeah, the XFL was bringing, too. There were just... There's something... I feel like people, many a times, like the... Like, going to football games for the atmosphere, and not even necessarily the sport. Like, many yeah. people do that. And you think of, like, high school football, too. Like, a bunch of people go to high school football games just for the atmosphere, and I feel like the XFL is, like, that same party-like atmosphere yeah. um, that people really liked. I mean, I don't think the players are obviously nearly as good as the NFL. Yeah. But, um, and it, the thing that I was really wanting to see um, and thought would be interesting would be that to see, like, how many players really would get, like, taken from the XFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was really looking forward to that, too. And like, called up. There yeah, was one guy, the Panthers, yeah. PJ Walker. Yeah. yeah he was phenomenal. He was a stud. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was really good, um, as were some other players in the league. But I think it's... So many guys use that as an opportunity because it's on TV, you're getting the interviews, and, like... You're getting looks. Yeah, you're, you're getting a lot paying of paying attention to it, that's for sure. A hundred percent. And, um, I mean, that's proven by the fact that they took some guys, um, but, you know, I think in the future, it's definitely important for a league to come out like that. Um, even, like, maybe, like, a development the kind of league, like the... Like the, the NFL's TV. got nothing. Yeah, the NFL's uh, got nothing. It's basically you just college, um, and if you don't make the NFL there, then you're you don't really have a place to showcase. Maybe Canada. Or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like are you really yeah. gonna go to Canada though? Um, yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. think it would have persevered? See, 
I mean, every other major league has like a minor league. You got the the G League, you got AAA, AA in baseball, but I'm just I'm gonna say no, because <laughs> just because from a revenue standpoint, how much money is it making to stay afloat? Yes, the people that are watching it are enjoying it, but what about like the other people that aren't watching it? And I think there's a large group of people that were. They just, like, skim past it when it's on TV. Because I just, I just don't think the, um, the talent pool is there necessarily. Yeah, I was watching that, so that was many a lot of mistakes. That, yeah, that was I, a lot of the critics were saying. I enjoyed, personally, I enjoy watching college football more than XFL, and that was a big, big, uh, big thing for me on why I, I don't think. I think maybe one or two more seasons, but yeah. in the long term, I don't think it was. That's what I was kind of saying. I just... You know, I, and I also agree. I think college football is a lot more fun to watch. Oh, it's um, my favorite. <laughs> but, I mean, put it this way. Whenever you don't have... It's like you don't know what you love until it's gone or something like that. And, like, I know a lot of people love football. And then, like, you got college, you got NFL. And then whenever they're both gone, it's like... Man. You finally get the XFL. Um, I so watched... It, I mean, watched it, it, it took a lot of... Um, it was a prime opportunity, and that's why it's just, like... Will people ever get tired of just how flashy it is? And, like, is it really just... Is the hype going to keep up, like, for years and years? And I, I don't think yeah, the answer is yes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the XFL is able to make a return at some time. Our uh, third Instagram inquiry of that episode is from at Griffin Poole. And he asked who we believed would have been the best rookie QB this year. Who would like to start this one off? Um, Carter, you can go first. Um, you know... I feel like it's it's gonna be one and like if you say Justin Herbert then like please don't say Justin Herbert, but like I, I you know I'm gonna go jo- a bit I'm gonna go Joe like it's Joe B Joe Burrow Joe B bro like what that guy the did Tiger King. was it, yes exactly the Tiger King big, I big think Joe um, he's got weapons he's got weapons out in Cincinnati you know if AJ Green can stay healthy um, you know I don't think their their defense is the best but like. Um, I think he's got a better team than Tua has, uh, even though I think Tua really could be great. But next year, I just feel like I feel like Tua's they're, they're gonna manage Tua's injury woes yeah. well. I feel like, like next year, quarterbacks, yeah, they're, they're gonna err on the side of caution. I feel like with him, so um, I mean, unless I mean, I mean, you know, Justin Herbert has better weapons arguably than the other two guys. Uh, but yeah, like, yeah. I just feel like like he's not. I watched him play at the Rose Bowl. Um, and he had three touchdowns, but they were all rushing touchdowns. <laughs> um, I didn't really get to see him throw the ball that much. He's got he's got the best size out of anybody, yeah. but I don't see Yeah, him. when you made the Herbert comment, me and Frankie gave an uh, interesting look at each other, so I'm curious to hear Frankie's answer now. Frankie, who do you have yeah. the best rookie QB being? I think Herbert's going to have a better season than Tua just because of managing Tua's injury, but I'm going to have to go Joe Burrow. Um, when you're drafted first, that usually implies you're going to be drafted to the crappiest team. But I, I don't think that's the case here. I, I just... I pretty mu- yeah, exactly. I, I pretty much agree with everything that Carter said. He's got weapons. He's got an established running back in Mixon. He's got a Pro Bowl... Uh, oh, is that hot take? He's got a Pro Bowl receiver in A.J. Green. And I think he's going to do pretty well. I still think that's a bad team. But I think he personally... Can thrive in that environment, dude. Mixon, dude, Mixon's a good running back. I, Qu- quick odds, take. I think Joe Mixon sucks. I, I just, I, I, mean, he, I had think bad, he, he had a bad, bad year. He doesn't. Function about that. 
Yeah, you can, we can debate it. I mean, yeah. I just, does Joe Mixon suck? <laughs> does Joe Mixon suck? No, I mean, like, Joe, look, he, he had some bad games. He'd rush for, like, 10 rushes for, like, 19 yards some games. Um, I mean, battle was, line, though. Yeah, he has the potential, you know, he, he has yeah, shown battle, flashes. Battle line, uh, um, he had receivers out last year. Yeah. Um, a bad quarterback. Uh, you know, I feel like it was just it was just tough on him. So, you know, I would love to see what Joe Burrow can do in the offense. And if the offensive line doesn't hold, you know, I'm gonna say if the offensive line doesn't hold up, um, I think the best rookie quarterback probably will end up being um, Joby. It, um, you know, I feel like, hmm, you know what? I think it would be Herbert if if the O line doesn't hold up. Just because I feel like he's going to get looks. Great answer. Great answer. Great answer. And the, you guys might stop me for think this. The, I do think the O-line will hold up, though, so... I went with Herbert, and I'm not a huge Herbert guy. Watching him at Oregon, you know, he had a lot of great games and made a lot of great passes, you know. But I just... I was never too, too impressed with him. He never really... He was never really a wow guy. Like, oh, wow, he just did that. Burrow was making throws that were insane, but I just think the Chargers have a little more... A little more for him to work with. And, you know, Burrow's going to have his weapons. And I it will not blow my mind at all if he is the best rookie quarterback. He probably will be. But I think personally that Herbert has a chance to edge him out just because of what he's surrounded by. He's got a guy, Keenan Allen. He's got Eckler in the backfield. It'll be very interesting to see how he performs yeah. that first year in San Diego. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see him do good. But it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, it will he have the chemistry established with those guys? I don't know. I probably think the Chargers will have the best record out of, um, like, them, the Dolphins, and the Bengals, just because of, like, how established they yeah, are. Yeah, I um, mean, do but, you even think Herbert's going to play over Tyrod Taylor? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think he will. I think they draft him for a reason. I think they're going to go with him. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, like, Ty- I mean, Tyrod Taylor on the on the Bills actually was okay, but, like, yeah, I think Brown, he's too stinky. Yeah, he's not really seen a good like an NFL field in a couple of years now, so it'll um, certainly be interesting to see, and it'll be fun to go back and look at this episode and see who's correct. And for our fourth Instagram inquiry, it was coming from at Sean Fiscus. He wanted to know who we thought would have won March Madness this year. Frankie, you can go ahead and lead off this one. Um, I kind of have two hot takes. Um, for I have two teams I think um would have gone really far in one uh. First off, San Diego State. Now, I know San Diego State probably would have been, like, a one seed or maybe a two seed, but I still think it's a hot take saying that they're going to win just because they haven't had that success. Uh, Against that great, a team, great teams, yeah, yeah. that a team like Duke or Kentucky has had. Um, but um, led by Malachi Flynn, averaging 17 points per game, great coaching staff down San Diego. I think they could have gone really far. Also, I'm going to say Michigan State. Michigan State argue. Uh, I'd say Tom Izzo is a top three coach in college basketball, led by Cassius Winston. Cassius, bro, yeah, good. he's a beast. He's a good and one. I think they had a little bit of a, um, not a failure, but not as good as a season as they wanted to have. Yeah. Um, but I think the tournament's a whole different story. Um, and I think they would have gone madness. Far. Yeah. Absolute madness. Those are my picks. Would you have one, Carter? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's. To be expected, I I did pick the the Duke Blue Devils, of course. I mean, it's gonna be sad because whenever I get there next year, I really don't think that uh, they have they have one of the best recruiting classes coming in, but I don't know 
how good they're gonna be relative this year because they're losing like the three best guys. They're losing Vernon Carey, yeah. Cassius Stanley, and we'll be Trey good Jones. Soon, yeah, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. They just like, they always reload. Yeah. Yeah. No, they they always reload. Um, but like, you know, they lost the games they lost this year, like. Stephen F. Austin. Yeah, like, that was, that was a NC State. Yeah, it's just like they lost really bad games. Yeah. They barely beat a bad UNC yeah. team this year. I mean, that was a cool. That's game. a rivalry though. Yeah, and anything can happen in those oh, rivalry yeah. games. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But like, um, you know, we talk about coaching and like Coach K. You don't have like, too many years left out of him um, or left in him coaching. I feel like because he's getting he's getting up there in age. Yeah. But like, you know, I do think that. He, you know, they've not won in a couple of years and they're always up there. So, yeah. as I say, this this was our year. Yeah. So. So yeah, you're gonna ride with your Duke Blue Devils. I'm gonna ride with my UCLA Bruins. No. What? Mick no, Cronin. No, what Mick Cronin what? was able to do and turn them around midseason after having horrible losses to teams such as Wofford and some, some other things. Wrong. But I didn't really want to look into March Madness what? too much considering we're in May now. But I think UCLA would have had a hell of a yeah. run if they were able to get in the tournament. It would. Yeah, it, I mean, like, uh, you talk about Cinderella's story. This is, like, this <laughs> is more they're going to call, call Cinderella UCLA if, if UCLA could pull this off. Like, I I do not see this happening, not in a, not in a million years. Um, like, do, do I think UCLA could beat a good team? Yeah, maybe once that. in 99 times. <laughs> <laughs> Don't but, sleep on my boys. I'm riding with them. Debatable. I'm kidding, but... uh. Our well, last magic going down Poly Pavilion. Yeah. <laughs> Our last and final Instagram inquiry comes from I'm gonna butcher this name one hundred percent, but I think it's at Nui Leon Huang. Yeah, so, something around there. They asked who the greatest NFL wide receiver is, and I'll go ahead and start this one off. And I don't know if you guys are gonna have the same answer as me, but I'm gonna ride with Julio Jones. You know, Mike Thomas is great. Mike Thomas is phenomenal. He's dominated his first couple seasons in the NFL. But Julio is a proven receiver who has just dominated his whole career. And, you know, he's struggled with the touchdown receptions in the last couple years. But, you know, when he's getting triple teamed, it's kind of tough for him to be able to do anything. But I'm going to ride my boy Julio. I think if he had a, you know, no no disrespect to Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's still decent to upper top. He's an MVP candidate a couple years ago. Yeah, he's just, ever since the 28-3, he's slowed down a little bit. But I think Julio's still one of the, I think you gave Julio a guy like, you know, you put him into that receiving core. I think you give him you give him Breeze. You give Julio Drew Breeze. I think he's gonna put up insane numbers. So I'm gonna ride with Julio Jones. Uh, I feel like I feel like I might go ahead and say say something stupid. Also, you know, I think based on who you got throwing to them, it like you really gotta take that in. You talk about guys who you think would be the best receiver. Guys like Michael Thomas got Drew Breeze throwing to him. You got. Uh, Deshaun Watson throwing to Hopkins, and you got Matt. Well, not, not anymore. Not anymore. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah but like kinda. in the recent years. Yeah, 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 yeah nah, yeah, I'm gonna go with Mike Evans. Oh, that my guy is god. a beat. Oh. oh my god, he's a beat. He <laughs> has had one of the worst quarterbacks throwing to him, and he basically just throws air ball. He just lobs it up. But Mike Evans with that huge frame, uh, you know. I feel he's like he's got a blind quarterback and he's still yes, he got a blind quarterback and he's still up there. <laughs> right. He's not even the best receiver on his team. Yes, he is. He's better than Chris Godwin. You know, Agreed. you're gonna get two top five receivers whenever you, you throw the ball like 
50 or 60 times a game with a blind QB. So. <laughs> That's a very good point. I um, you know, Tampa Bay is going to be interesting to see next year, and especially to see what a guy like Mike Evans can do. Um, you know, I think he's, I think he's great. Um, and a guy with a guy like Tom Brady, Tom Brady's a little bit more of a check down guy, and that's why I see Chris Godwin being a little bit better fitting for the offense. But like, you want to air it out, he can be he's Gronk two on a team that also has Gronk now. Wow, so I, like he's there's so many weapons on that team. You I don't even know if you can double up anyone. So there's obviously yeah. going to be people open, but I'm gonna have to disagree. I'm going with both this of us. Guy, yeah, I'm disagreeing with both of you guys. I'm going, this guy's the best hands in the league, Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh um, I am going Antonio Brown. No, but I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually going, I'm actually going to agree with Jake. Julio Jones. I mean, I just, he's a freak of yeah, nature. he is a freak. I know, and uh, I, I don't like basing arguments on who else you have on your team, but I think I'm going to have to on this one. I agree with Jake. He's so good, and I just don't think his potential has been reached yet. Even though he's in his prime, he's had plenty of years in the NFL, I still don't think he's reached his top potential. I, Matt Ryan's not bad. You know, he's a pro bowler, but I, yeah, I pretty much just agree with Jake. Julio, is, he's just he's I think he's a once-in-a-generation talent. Yeah, well, definitely. I Julio is certainly a stud, proven stud, so there you go. Those are Instagram inquiries, and we will now stick to social media, and we will be reading our terrible tweets we found on the Twitter realm this week. Frankie, looks like you've got yours coming yes. this way. What was your terrible tweet of the week? So, sticking to the first uh, topic we discussed today was Paul Pierce. So I have a terrible tweet from Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce tweeted out, in 2016, Thon Maker, sleeper of the draft. Watch 10th pick, remember Ooh. what happened in 98. This fool said Thon Maker was the sleeper of wasn't the draft. Thon, wasn't Thon, wait, okay, this is kind of a side story, but wasn't Thon Maker actually like a 25? Like, I saw something like Thon Maker was actually like a 25-year-old whenever he like claimed he was like 18 or like 19. Like I never draft. heard that, but I mean, I, I, like, uh, uh, look at, uh, dude, but... Don Maker, dude, that guy. I mean, he's, I think he's still he big in the Bucks, but like, he he's not done anything. He may have been a sleeper back then, but he's still a sleeper now because everyone just sleeps on him. When he when he picks up the ball, I fall asleep. His game's boring. He's kind of a meme, not gonna lie. Um, I just think that's a terrible tweet. Like Paul Pierce. It's terrible. <laughs> someone needs to put him into the place and put him in his place, like. Uh, growing up, a Celtics fan, so I might be a little biased. Paul Pierce is one of my favorite players, but lately, he's just been on some shit. He's probably just bored in quarantine, trying to get attention, but he's tr- he's trying to get some uh, terrible tweet. Terrible. He's terrible trying to gain tweet. some clout so he can get some uh, some promotion deals. Yeah. So yeah. Promotion is deals he an ESPN guy, NBA guy? I think he kind of just is like a guest appearance. He also got crushed by Zach Levine in the ESPN yeah. horse competition, so I don't think he deserves <laughs> he doesn't deserve any respect anymore. Um, but Jake, where is it? What is your tweet coming? From? My terrible tweet of the week is coming from at sorry. Let me find this at Scott nineteen sixty six. Scott, I'm so I'm sorry. I'm coming for your head, man. But I know you're listening, Scott. Yeah, we know you're out there. We're so gonna, uh, we're gonna this you. this has to do with what we were talking about earlier. So at Scott nineteen sixty six said, Babe Ruth is always and will be the greatest baseball player of all time. 
With respect to Williams, Mays, Aaron, and Bonds, no players dominated their era on the mound and at the plate the way the Babe did. Not even close. Shohei Otani would strike out Babe Ruth 10 out of 10 times and probably put a ball halfway. Hot take, hot take, hot take. That's hot. And probably put a ball halfway up the pavilion at Angel Stadium. So, you know, Babe Ruth was a phenomenal player, you know. First time for everything. Yeah, one of the greatest of all times, but he was playing against a whole bunch of bums. So, I do not think you can consider him. Like, this has to go back with what we were talking about with Goat Debate earlier. He just, you know, you can't really debate decades because of the talent that they're playing against. So, I cannot give Babe Ruth. I do not think Babe Ruth would be able to hang in today's yeah. modern-day uh, league. I think Willie Mays is better than Babe Ruth. Yeah, and, you know, Bonds, too. I mean, but I don't think Bonds. Bonds use steroids. There's a steroid debate, but... Hot take, Bonds does not belong in the Hall of Fame. That, that's... that's another another debate you know, that will be on a future podcast. Yes, that, we'll the whole discuss steroid, that in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the whole steroid stuff, it's like... You know, do I think that Shohei Otani, like, is a better player than Babe Ruth? Like, or if Babe Ruth played now, I feel like Babe Ruth would have found a way to, like, be great. Like, he was the greatest player of his era. It's not like yeah. people... They were playing, the they're, they're playing a different game. It's the same with, like, people saying Bill Russell, like, coming in. Like, yeah, there's no three-point line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so it's like, you know, it's it's difficult. Do I think Babe Ruth it, can be considered the greatest basketball player ever? Baseball? Or, ba- yeah, baseball, sorry. Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> Babe Ruth would have dominated the hardwood. <laughs> yeah, point guard, bro. Um, point no, guard. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But, like, you know, when we look at baseball, it's like, no, there's no way. It's like saying, it's the same reason why people say, like, somebody like Wilt Chamberlain isn't the GOAT. And, like, a, a very, no, nobody's really going to consider him the GOAT, even though he dropped 100. Like, has crazy stat lines. and like That's like Babe. Babe has crazy no, stat 100%, lines. No, yeah. 100%. But it's just like, yeah. Um, it's, you can't consider him to go based on the area played in, and that's, it's tough for Babe, but, you know, yeah. I, I, I think it's a terrible tweet on that. Yeah, game. sorry, Scott, I'm just gonna have to call you out on that. I don't know if 1966 is when you were born, but you might want to start watching some more modern baseball if it is, not to come for your head, but Carter, yeah. what is your terrible tweet of the week? You know, my terrible tweet is something I saw circulating on Twitter, um, and, it, you know, it comes from... Channing Fry, who I feel like is a dude who also enjoys getting bored during quarantine. Um, <laughs> he goes on a uh, first take alone. Oh, 100%. And I can see why, based on why he tweeted this. You know, he says he says that nobody in today's NBA would want to play with Michael Jordan because his only job was to score. I mean, whenever no. you're out there dropping... You know who James Harden is? Yeah, I mean, whenever you're out there dropping, like, 50 points a game, um, I don't think you could be mad. I mean, like... His job, his job was to win games, and, and Jordan did that. Um, the fact that, just to say, nobody would want to play with Jordan in today's NBA, like, would you not want to win a ring? Like, I don't... Yeah. No, that's, Jordan it's, was it's way not, more than a score. On, I know, and he was a defensive player of the year, yeah. too. <laughs> it's, I, you know, I just think it's, it's, it's embarrassing. That a guy who actually played basketball and, like, was a... I mean, he, was, he was mostly a role player for most of his career... Like he had he had his years down yeah, Phoenix, but like bench player, yeah. Yeah, I mean he just like he was not like ever like great yeah. in like the most headlines he's making is by calling the greatest one of the greatest yeah. players of all time. I'm not gonna say great one of the greatest players of all time. <laughs> um saying he was only a scorer, like, come on bro. MJ would bust you twenty one zero in a game, bro. Yeah. And they're both bald. That's the Certain, similarity. Certainly a terrible tweet, and we will now be transitioning to our next topic on today's pod. Sticking with Jordan, him being in the news, uh, I, unless you've been under a rock, you know that the uh, the last dance has concluded, and 
the uh, the question kind of circling around is who deserves the next ten part documentary? It could be a player or a team. Who do you guys think would get that ten part documentary? Oh. Well, disclaimer: Brady has a nine yeah. part documentary coming Something out next wrong. year, but we're not counting. In. I don't know if anyone has said that, anyways, but we're not yet. Yeah, so Frankie, who would you who would give you the next ten part doc to? Okay, I don't think people would have. Um, thought of this right away, but I'm gonna go Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. Phelps. He's most gold medals of all time. But a ten part documentary is not just. There are plenty of phenomenal players in all different sports, but a ten part doc has to have some controversy, some backstory into their lives, and that's what Michael Phelps has. He struggled with depression. He's gotten DUIs. He was in rehab for a while. He came back. So I'm gonna go Michael Phelps, but also. I think eventually a McGregor doc. Because, oh, my God, he's so controversial with the chair through the uh, tour bus, um, beating up an old guy in a bar. He Everything sw- he's done. He won in UFC. He switched to boxing to fight Mayweather, who some consider one of the greatest fighters of all hey, time. Yeah, like she and Khabib with the whole Khabib jun- jumping the cage thing and that whole brawl in the stands. I mean, I'd love to see a McGregor um, Doc, but I, I will stick with Michael Phelps. I think Michael Phelps, if anyone deserves it, it's Michael Phelps. Those are two I, Those are two that never even crossed my mind, but I like those takes. Who, who was the person who did cross my turn part documentary receiver is Tiger Woods. And, you know, probably also a name that doesn't really come to mind, but Tiger Woods has battled so much throughout his whole career, and winning the Masters last year oh, yeah. was one of the most... It gave me chills watching him sink that, but he's gone through. He has 15 majors, only trailing Jack Nicholas. He's one of the best, if not the best, golfers of all time. He battled through adversity in the beginning of his career. And, you know, when people, when you think golf, yeah, when you think golf, you think Tiger Woods more than likely. I mean, unless you're watched follow golf often, you know, oh, wow, how interesting would a 10-part documentary on a golfer be? It's literally him swinging a club. But he has a lot more to his whole career than just being a golfer, though. You know, he battled, he battled uh, issues with past girlfriends and stuff and back injuries and all sorts of things and he's one of the most winning or is the most winningest golfer of all time and uh so i think a 10-part dog on him would be great and you know and he's been around for so long he's been in the game of golf for the past at least 20 years 20 i think years, yeah so so it would very it would be very nice to see how it's kind of how the world has changed throughout that documentary so i think tiger would have a phenomenal 10-part dog carter who'd you give yours to you know, you look at... I'm just going to uh, use a, a reference to say. You talk about a guy like... Somebody like LeBron and, like... Like, you talk about, like, what he's done for, like, the city of Cleveland and, like, all... Like, yeah. everything he's done. But you look at a guy who's done something for an entire country, in my opinion. Um, and, uh, you know, I would give it to a guy like, you know, CR7. Mm-hmm. I, I think Cristiano... Ronaldo! You know, I think that... Messi, Messi, in my opinion, like in his career, has like he just has like um like better ratio like goals and assists like most more contributions. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, yes. you know, Ronaldo came from a tiny island off the coast of Portugal. Yeah. He worked extremely hard, and like everybody just sees them as this. He makes more money off being like a social media influencer yeah, than he does off he the most followers. On yeah, he does. He like yeah. he does, and just like I feel that. The hard work that he's put in to get where he is, nobody believed in him. And I've seen so many stories, like, nobody has believed in Cristiano, like, since a super young age. And you talk about a guy who's worked hard and, like, truly deserves a documentary. I feel like 
even though he's not um, like been through a whole lot of like like scandal, um, he definitely had to work his way through adversity. Um, like, to get where he's today, yeah, a hundred percent. And like mm-hmm. you know, I think he's he's one of the most loved people like on the planet, just for how many people like know him and support him. Yeah, it's the most watched sport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, I I really do think he deserves it. I mean, team wise. And this is obviously personal bias, but I want to see one a, a documentary just in general on the twenty sixteen finals. Like I want to see that. Oh, that'd be insane. Oh, uh, I was thinking about that. I yeah. want the Warriors Cavs rivalry. Those yeah, would be oh, yeah. Four ti- four, uh, four championships sports. in a row, and three of them against the Cavs. I mean, that's that's unheard of since uh, Magic Larry. I mean, come on. Yeah, one of the greatest. Those- those, there will be a thirty for thirty on that one day. Oh, and sure. I, I will, I will wait for the day. They should call it three to one. Yeah, yeah dude, they should, they should call it that. ESPN, oh, we know you're listening. Because of, of the blown three one lead, and because the Warriors won three and the Cavs won one yeah. too, lucky. ESPN, oh, yeah. we're out here handing you out free content. We know you're yeah, listening no. out there. Feel free yes. to sponsor us. No, and the thing, the thing that I find interesting about like that rivalry and like especially the twenty sixteen finals is just like one of the greatest moments I think. In LeBron's legacy, is whenever um, Clay Thompson after like game game four says like I think LeBron got his feelings hurt, like Ooh. I re- he said I think LeBron got his feelings hurt and then um, they tell LeBron like in the press conference yeah. and he starts la- he starts laughing dude I will never forget that and like I would love to hear the perspectives on like the losing team obviously just because like. Yeah, like, I mean, it's like even Andre Iguodala is like said whenever like LeBron give blocked me him. Iguodala. No, whenever LeBron oh blocked Iguodala, like Iguodala even said like, like he's even like proud to be in like a moment like that. Even though like he like he kind of knew it was coming just yeah. because like it's infamous. it's LeBron, yeah. So, um, yeah, but like that obviously that team that series is it's something that I'd want to see. I just feel like it's one of the, the the coolest rivalries in recent sports and like. You know, I feel like that's the, that's kind of what you need to keep people interested, stuff that people know about. And, like, the whole Jordan documentary I think was cool because people might not have known a lot about it, but, like, like what do I want to see in the next documentary? Yeah. I want to see something that... A deeper look into something that, you know, we've not really... Yeah. really great surface of. Yeah, so. I think we all had... I think every one we had would be a great documentary. And uh, yeah. to uh, wrap up today's episode, we are going to give our hot takes... Because we pride ourselves on having the hottest takes in the game. And I'm going ahead and start off this one. And, you know, I'm going to stick to the baseball theme with my hot takes. So I'm going to go ahead and say, and I don't know how much you guys know about this youngin, but I think Juan Soto is highly overrated, an extremely overrated baseball player. He is one of the best hitters in the game. I will give him that. But the lack, what he lacks defensively just hurts. Like, it, it really, really hurts. They would have won so many more ball games last year. Soto struggles defensively. He doesn't have that speed tool like a guy, a young outfielder like Acuna or Bellinger has. And so I just think, you know, it's a very it's a very talked about debate when you look at like the top five, top ten outfielders in today's game, is does Soto is Soto above Acuna? Because I think Soto is a top player, but I think he is highly overrated. I do not think he sucks. He hit a ball 408 feet off or 480 feet off of Justin Verlander in his first World Series. It was I've never seen a baseball hit that far. And he's got the swagger to him, but I just think he's a little overrated as of now, and he's still young, and he can work on his defense. You know, he's only 21, but it is just certainly interesting to see if... Uh, it certainly always catches my eye when people say he's 
the best young player out there right now. I think he's a little overrated, you know, because when you look at a guy like Bellinger, Bellinger can hit too. Bellinger hits well, but he also runs the bags well. He plays phenomenal defense, had one of the, if not the highest defensive wars last year. He is a stud. So, you know, when you put Soto, when you say Soto's better than guys like Acuna or Bellinger, uh, even Yelich, you know, it's just I don't think he's there yet because of his defense, his lack of defensive skills. So, yeah, no. Frankie, uh, or do you guys got any comments on yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, like, I, 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 from what I know and what I've seen um, from a guy like Soto, and it's like, it, it's a typical, like, illusion of people see guys hitting so many home runs or having a really high batting average, like, dude, this dude's legit. Exactly. Um, and, you know, people don't notice his defensive woes. They don't, go, they don't go in the stat book that people see all the time. Um, so, no, I mean, I can 100% agree. Like, you got to have a complete game, obviously, to be considered one of the best. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's a great player. and I think he can certainly get there, too. He's young, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's young. And if you, he's got half the game, basically. I mean, since he's such a great hitter, I mean, he's got, he's got half of the game down, basically, whenever it comes to offense and defense, so... Yeah. He actually doesn't really, he doesn't really run the bases that well, but like... Yeah, he ain't, he ain't too quick yet either, but it'll well, be interesting to see Whenever you're hitting it. the 480 feet, I feel like you don't got to be the quickest. No. Player, so, yeah, um, I mean, I definitely, I definitely could agree with it, but I would love to hear Frankie's hot take now. So, I'm going to switch sports to soccer, but I'm going to stay with the overrated trend. All the soccer people out there, don't come at me. But wait, hold on, pause. Baseball, baseball, Twitter, come at me. I'll debate you all day on this. <laughs> go back, go back to your Frankie. I think Harry Kane is vastly overrated. Yes, thank now, God. Him, I think he's kind of cheeks. Like <laughs> he's good, okay. But when you're playing in front of a midfield like Deli Alley, I know Deli Alley struggled, but he's got he's got Son, he's got Deli Alley. He had Christian Eriksen. Those guys are world class. They're delivering balls to him that are insane and. Not to pin him on one moment, but England, Croatia, semifinal. He didn't score the ball, the ball to Sterling. I know he'll never live that moment down. I kind of feel bad for him, but I think he's a. Don't come at me, but I think he's a cherry picker, and I does I I know he's a Golden Boot winner twice. But weren't all his goals in the in the last World Cup off PKs or like a good majority of a them? A good majority. Yeah. So. I'm just. I just think he's. I think he's very overrated. Do you, could you see England going with Vardy over somebody like Harry Kane? I, um, I feel like, uh, I think Vardy, Vardy's actually a great player. Yeah, I could see that. I could see a young guy like Tammy Abraham filling the role. Tammy Abraham's good. Yeah. Um, it's. I mean, it's Mason, hard to leave Mason Greenwood. Mason Greenwood. Rashford. You can't put Rashford up there. I put him on. There. I think he's better on the wing. Yeah, you have I so many wings: Sterling and Sancho. Yeah, so, that would not be strong um, on top. It's hard to leave him out of the squad because he he does score, and I know it's it's um kind of uh, controversial to say oh he scores he's a forward he scores he can't be overrated but I think he's a cherry picker and I don't think he's as good as he's made out to be especially playing in front of uh. Such a good midfield and, and back. That's like good wing, good wingers yeah. too. Yeah, like, and that's what I feel like would make him so good on, like England, I, or at least England makes him yeah. really good because when you got two of the best wings or like crosses and you got a big dude like Harry Kane, big yeah, dude, big chin Harry Kane. I mean, not to go back to the rings and the goat, but the only trophies won is the Audi Cup <laughs> in like the summer. So yeah, I mean, like the last trophy at Tottenham won in general is the two thousand, like major is two thousand eight. Carlin Cup for all of you fun. Is that like the League Cup? Or is, is it just...
I, I don't even know what that is. I don't, I don't even know about That's exactly how irrelevant it is. It's I'm a big soccer fan, and I've never heard of that. Just know no Premier Leagues. Just know that. I think it's it's like a different. It might be like the. It might be like League. Oh uh, yeah. And yeah, I mean maybe the chosen one, Jose, will help out, but. Yeah, no, but... Uh, but I have to agree with that take, though. I like that take. Yes, but I guess that, that leaves me um, in my hot take, and I'm going to switch sports again to basketball, but instead of the overrated, I'm going to go with the underrated side. Okay. I'm going to say all-star team next year, not a starter, but I'm going with my guy, Lonzo Ball. I think. Why do you say that? I just think hot that... Take. On a team that is developing really good with B.I. and Zion, um, like, I, I, I honestly... Diana, um, shoot, Jackson Hayes. Uh, the guy from the Bulls, a uh, sharpshooter, like, Mitch... Oh, Mitch... Uh, Miritich. Yeah. They got, Mir- yeah, they got Miritich, and they're, like... They, you know, they got guys, and, like, I feel like he's been... Um, a playmaker, like an assist guy for long. And I feel like he showed flashes, but if he can score the ball too and start scoring the ball... He was um, hot before the season got... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was really hot. No, he was. He was really hot. And, like, I think... Um, you Like, you look at guys, and, like, he is what I would want in a point guard. And, like, it pained... His vision, his vision and passing yeah, is insane. It pained me to see the Lakers keep Kuzma instead oh of him because I don't think Kuzma's got great especially now he's, he's old like he's drafted in the same class as Tatum and he's four years older than him three years older than yeah, him yeah it's older than Marco Lonzo I think Lonzo yeah, yeah. would fit in so so much I think Lonzo would fit in so so much better with this current Lakers squad too if yeah. you give a, you give LeBron and AD a passer like yeah, that getting oh. mentored by one of the best passers oh. ever in Rondo yeah like I you mean, said Carter it broke my heart when they traded him dude I just like like him too and like you know, I've never been so, one who's like, like I didn't follow like high school ball ever, like ball's life, and like until Lonzo yeah. like got me in that stuff. Oh and, my like, god, his highlights. His was, rapping, yeah. would you rock his ZO twos? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't think twos. I'd rock any ZO twos, and like whenever they, whenever they came out, like I, that was pretty cool. But like, you know, I really think Lonzo has like potential. I think he has potential to be like the second best player in that class, like with Tatum. I I really behind Tatum. Yeah, yeah. I like I think Tatum is the best person in the class, but um, if Lonzo starts scoring, yeah, no, yeah. If Lonzo starts scoring, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with. Developing and his his shot's not there yet, but it's I've seen progress. Yeah, I've seen progress. Um, right off the bat, at the beginning of the season, he's no longer like chucking it over the side. He's got a little bit better form. They can't see me, but I'm doing it. Yeah, (laughs) whatever works for him. But yeah, yeah, and you know I think that. You know, Lonzo's a great player, and, like, you were saying, the shot is what he's missing. If he can develop that, because um, he's got the dribbles, he's got he's got the defense. He's got really good, sneaky good defense. Yeah, he's a, he's a player that, like, you just, like, I just love to watch him, and, like, I just, like, I root for him personally. Like, whenever I'm watching him, like, I want him to score so bad every time I watch him just because I like him as a player so much. Um, you know, I just consider it a hot take because you look at the guards who are in the conference, like, Dame and Westbrook and Harden and like, do I think he could be? Do I think he could sneak in as a guard? Yeah, I mean like, I mean like in the West, but like, oh, 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 yeah, no, but it's like, do I think he could sneak in an All Star game? Oh, yeah, I do. I actually do. I mean, if he was in the East, I think it'd be a little yeah. bit less of a hot take. But like, I I got Lonzo on the All Star team next year. I like that take, and that will conclude today's pod. That is all the time we have today. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to like and share yeah. with your friends. 
Follow us on our socials and be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Deuces. Sorry, Nara. <laughs>